set sail. We ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. All right, you've joined us for week one of this new series launch. And every weekend between now and February, we're going to be learning a new skill from the Word of God, a skill to help you have the most successful year, the most fulfilling year of your life. And before we get into it today, we've got two huge things to celebrate, at least in my opinion. And the first is that video, okay? I just have to tell you guys, that video was done by our own staff here. And as I'm getting to know the staff, we have an incredible team here. Can we just take a minute and celebrate the staff that God has given us as a church? I am having a blast getting to know them and they're putting up with me so far. So, hey, another huge thing to celebrate is Christmas Eve. Now, if you were here, you know it was snowing, it was cold outside, but it was very warm in here. And it's because of you all, because of God's work through you, you invited your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones. And by God's grace, we had the biggest Christmas Eve attendance that we have ever had in the whole history of Connection Point. Can we celebrate that together? We had about 7,500 people here. And that's not just a number. That's not just some goal on a page. What that is is souls. Every single one of them is a person that one of you loved, that one of you invited, that one of you handed an invite to. And why we exist as a church is to shine the light of Christ, his hope and his truth and his goodness into a dark world. And the reality is every one of those is a person who needed to hear that message. And because of you guys got to hear that message. So if you're our guest, that's what we're about here at Connection Point. We're about connecting you to Jesus who created you, who loves you, who wants the best for you. And we're about connecting you to others. And part of what drew me to this church is that this is not just some religious institution. This is a group of people who love each other deeply. As Christ changes us from the inside, we're able to love the people around us. And I just want to encourage you, if you're checking this out, if you're on the fringes, I want to let you know this is a group of people. As you move deeper and deeper into the middle of the huddle, you're going to find love and acceptance and encouragement, maybe like you've never experienced before in your life. Well, I want to talk with you today about how to be the best version of yourself in 2018. And to start us off, let's talk about sometimes you've got the same thing. You can have the best version of it and the worst version of it, right? This last week, I've had the flu. I've had the man flu. You guys know what the man flu is? <laughs> yeah, my wife makes fun of me because when I get the flu, I can't even get out of bed. Um, raise your hand if you have a male in your house who, when he gets the flu, it's the man flu. Okay, so I'm not the only one. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, when you've got the flu or the man flu, you're just not the best version of yourself. It's also true in the car world. 
Uh, there's a best version of a car and a worst version. Let's look at the best Ford Mustang ever, right? The Shelby GT500. Here's a 1967. None of us, even if you're a Chevy guy, you're not going to be upset if that's in your driveway, right? That's the best version of the Ford Mustang ever. But believe it or not, same car, Ford Mustang. Let's take a look at the worst version ever. Oh my goodness. Ford just fell off the wagon in the 1970s. That was as pretty as a 19, late 70s Mustang ever got. I mean, that's it in perfect condition, right? Same car, best version, worst version, totally different. And it's true of us. Best version of ourselves versus worst version, two totally different people. Let's look at some funnier pictures of people who are not at their best. These were taken in a, uh, a scare house, like a haunted house. These were taken at the moment that people were scared to death. Now, no people were harmed in the taking of these photos, but I think some undergarments may have been harmed. Okay? <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> Let's look at the next one. Okay, this is my favorite one because this guy, like, you don't want to be near this guy when he gets startled. Right? Apparently, I mean, this, this wife must feel really secure now because she knows... If an intruder comes into their house in the middle of the night, she knows what her husband's going to do. He's going to choke her, and he's going to bite her. <laughs> Let's just look at one more. We got a, a dad with his kids here. <laughs> right? So, okay, these people are not at their best. And right, we all have days when we're not at our best. But how about a year from now? What can you do to set yourself up so that when you look back, you're either going to be a better version of yourself or a worse version of yourself. Nothing stays the same in life. You're, you're either one choice at a time going to become a little more free from addictions, a little more fulfilled, a little more loving and sensitive, or a little more enslaved, a little more tuned out, a little more apathetic, a little more calloused. How can you set yourself up? So that as those incremental decisions, kind of like wrinkles on our face and inches on our waistline, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but after a year, you see changes. How can you set yourself up so that a year from now, you're the best possible version of yourself? That's the question we're asking together. How do you become the best possible version of yourself? A more joyful person or a more fulfilled person. We could ask the same question this way. Every, every New Year's resolution, if you think about it, the people who want to save more for retirement or the people who want to quit smoking, people who want to improve their marriage, the people who want to lose weight, all of us have the same thing in common. We want to live life to the full. We don't want an area of our life crippling us from enjoying all of life. So we could ask the question this way, how do you live life to the full in 2018? How do you live life to the full? If I could answer this for you, would you want to know the answer? Thankfully, we're not the first group of people to wonder this question. In fact, Jesus once talked to a group of people who were wondering the same thing, and he answers the question. Here's what he says in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life, and have it to the full. Uh, some older translations of the Bible where they take the Greek and they put it into our modern language, some of them say, I've come to give you life and an abundant life. This is the idea of an overflowing life. Life to the full is uh, the idea in the word is, is not a life where you're merely surviving, but a life where you're thriving. 
Not a life where every day or every month you're wondering, did I just get by? But every day and month there's joy, there's purpose, there's identity, there's security. And Jesus claims that he came into this world first to give you life. And secondly, not just eternal life in heaven, but in this world, a full and fulfilling life. So let's dig into this text together. And I want to explain to you a little bit of the context, because when Jesus makes this claim, he's actually in the middle of a story where he describes himself as the good shepherd. Now, shepherds are not something we talk about as much these days, but to Jesus' original audience, shepherds were a very normal part of life. In fact, you can still go in the world today if you go to Syria or if you go to Idaho, even places closer to here, you can find sheep and herds of sheep and you can find shepherds. And one of the things you'll notice is that there are no natural herds of sheep, Right, you find natural herds of like antelope. You see deer around here. There are no natural herds of sheep. Does anyone, yeah, I'm gonna just tell you why. Because sheep don't know how to run away from predators. They don't have very fast feet. And sheep, the way their DNA is, when a sheep is down eating, it doesn't even hear the predators coming. It's so into its food. You know the statement to live in the moment? Well, that's what sheep do, okay? So a, she a sheep could be down eating the grass, and a lion could be coming, and that's why there's no natural herds of sheep, okay? <laughs> sheep have to have a shepherd, they do. And it's a little bit of a, a knock to our pride, but Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd, and he likens us to sheep. And he essentially says, if you want to live life to the full, you need a shepherd who will protect you from forces in your life that would destroy you that you're actually blind to. You need a shepherd who will provide for you. You need a shepherd who will lead you. And Jesus says, I am that shepherd. And so this promise, life to the full, it's a promise that is available to everybody. But sadly, it's a promise that not everybody takes advantage of. In other words, this promise is available to you, but it's up to you if you're going to follow the good shepherd or not. You could put it this way. You follow Christ to your fullest life. If you want the fullest life possible in your new year, you follow Christ. That sounds really simple. That actually is really simple. It's the actually doing it that gets a little tricky. But here's the thing. Don't knock it till you've tried it. If you're like, oh, that's just too simple. Well, don't knock it till you've tried it. In fact, I'd challenge you if you're here and you've never had a year of your life where you really just said, you know what? This year, no matter what, I'm going to follow Christ. When it comes to my relationships, when it comes to my desires, when it comes to my time, when it comes to my thoughts, every time there's a fork in the road, I know I won't be perfect at it, just like any other resolution, but this year, what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow Christ. I guarantee you, if you'll do that, that a year from now, you'll be in a much better place than you are right now. I guarantee it. In fact, uh, here at Connection Point, we're essentially like a community center that exists to help you do this. And by the way, our services are all free, you know. I love going to YMCAs and different gyms where there's lots of great services for a family and usually you have to pay a, a monthly membership. And the more things you do, the more you have to pay. Do you know everything here is free for you, okay? And we are set up to help you, help your kids, help your spouse plug into Christ in every area of your life. 
In fact, there's a guarantee I like to make to people because I have, I've seen this in hundreds of people's lives, okay? If you will gather here every weekend, if you will get into a small group with other believers, and if you will look for a place to start serving others in this family, I guarantee you, if you do that from the heart, you will grow spiritually, you will become a better version of yourself. I've never once seen a person do all three of those things from the heart and not improve as a person, not grow spiritually. I've never seen it not happen. But a lot of people, they miss out before they even start. They get skeptical or they just get distracted. But if you will consistently follow Christ, you will find your fullest life. And the great thing about following Christ is you don't have to do it perfectly, but if you want to get the benefits, you do need to do it faithfully. There's a difference between doing things perfectly and faithfully, right? I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, whether it's DNA or the way I was raised. And I've had to learn that, you know what, when you make a mistake, that's not a failure. Failure is just if you don't learn from your mistake. And, And as you follow Christ, if you decide in 2018, I'm going to follow Christ, there's going to be times you stumble, times you fall. That's normal. And you're part of a community where we all pick each other up. We put our arms around each other. We cheer each other on. But here's what I can guarantee you. If you will, from the heart, determine and call out to God and say, God, I do want to follow you in this new year. If you will do that consistently one year from now, you will be a better version of yourself. Uh, This to me is the ultimate New Year's resolution because every other resolution is kind of like having a house that has a foundation problem. And every other resolution is like kind of painting the walls. In fact, uh, when I was a reporter out in Phoenix, Arizona, I did this story on all these brand new homes that were built on, on moving ground. And what happened is these people had bought brand new homes and they, they looked perfect. But then after a few months, they started to get cracks in their walls. They started to get doors that wouldn't close properly, windows that wouldn't open. And what it was is the homes were not built on solid ground. The foundations were starting to crack and move. And so the whole homes were compromised. A lot of these brand new houses ended up having to be condemned and torn down. Well, in our life, a lot of times when there's a new year or when there's a crisis or a problem, we realize I've got to change something. And we focus in on one door that won't close or one crack in the wall. And you might say, I want to quit smoking or I want to quit drinking. Those are very noble things. Or I want to save up better for the future. I want to be a better parent to my kids. I want to have a better marriage. Those are all very noble things. But Jesus says, if you don't fix the foundation of your life, you're essentially just putting paint on a cracked wall that's going to keep cracking. And what Jesus offers you is a foundational repair when you place your faith in him. And as you follow him one day at a time, he gives you stability and integrity and wholeness so that you don't have to spend the rest of your life trying to patch little problems. He starts to remake you from the inside out. So how do you follow Christ in 2018? Well, let's dig into this text and just find a few simple ways. The first is this, choosing Christ as my leader means that I will trust that he knows what I need. Do you know that God knows what you need? Did you know that God wants the very best for you? You know that you have a maker just as much as your iPhone or your smartphone has a designer who designed the apps and who designed the uh, software and who designed the hardware. You have someone who made you. 
It's so interesting as, as uh, scientists try with robotics to create artificial intelligence and to create more and more advanced robots, there's still nothing that comes close to a human being in our ability to heal ourselves physically, in, even just in what you have in your human eyeball, let alone your brain. God made you. You're not an accident. And he made you for a purpose. He made you for a reason. He has things for you to do in life. And most importantly, he has a relationship for you to enjoy with himself. And it's when you're rightly related to him that you will become the best version of yourself. And so part of following Christ is trusting, okay, he's the maker. And so he knows what I need even more than I do. And there will be times where he says, do this. And I feel like, well, I really want to do this. And following Christ is saying, okay, I'm going to choose to humble myself and believe that my creator knows more about me than I do. Here's how Jesus puts it. He, the shepherd, <clears throat> calls his own sheep by name. This by name means, in other words, God is looking at you specifically right now. You're not just a face in a crowd to God. You're not a number on a page. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the cares in your heart. He knows every fear that you have, that your closest relatives and friends don't know. Every struggle that you have, he knows you by name. And he wants to lead you in this new year. And then it says, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them as a leader. And let's look at the next portion of the verse where it says this, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I want to focus in on two words, follow, because remember, you follow Christ to your fullest life, and voice. Now, these two words are actually really relevant because if you use social media at all, on most social media, when you decide to keep up with someone and know what's going on in your life, you become one of their followers, right? Do you realize whoever you follow in 2018 will shape who you become? So who are you following? Who are your kids following? Who's your spouse following? Have you ever just thought, some of us, a lot of us, if we're not intentional, we don't even realize what we're following. Right? There's a lot of people out there who want to manipulate us through commercials and even through social media and other forces. They want to manipulate us so that they can get us to buy products or whatever else. And we don't even realize we're following some uh, fake illusion of an American dream or we're following some ideal and if you want to make 2018 your best year ever, it's as simple as just being very intentional to say, I'm going to follow Christ this year. That's going to be the defining trait of me in 2018. I'm going to be a person who follows Christ. If you'll do that, if you'll make that foundational decision, it will affect your finances positively. It'll affect your marriage positively, your relationships positively, your thought habits positively, even your workplace as you follow Christ, you'll become the best version of yourself. And look, Jesus says, here's how his sheep follow him. They know his voice. His voice. In other words, who are you listening to? What are you listening to? I could say that I'm following Christ, but if every day I'm just filling my mind, and, and we all, it's inevitable, right, in this society where there's so much information, whether it's coming through TV, radio, social media, the internet, there's just so much information pouring into our minds and they're all voices that are competing for our affection and our attention and our loyalty. 
Now, Jesus doesn't say don't ever listen to anyone else. That would be impossible. But what we do is we prioritize and we say, I'm going to make it a point that every day I'm listening to Jesus' voice. And that's why you get into a small group with other believers who are also following Jesus. And just like you, they've got the same struggles at work or the same struggles in their marriages or the same struggles with their kids. And you get together with that small group and you're able to share, here's how I was trying to follow Jesus this week. Here's where I got distracted this week. Here's where I stumbled. And all of you, you're in a little support group of others who say, yeah, I know, I've been there. I've had that same problem. I had the same problem this week. Or you get someone else who says, I was at that place in my life and let me share how how Christ helped me to follow him. You get into a group with other followers and you listen to his voice. How else do you listen to his voice? Well, you read his word where he's written down his words for you. How else do you listen to his voice? You can listen to it while you're driving around. One of my favorite things um, on my phone, there's an app called the Audible app. And on Audible, you can buy audio books. I love just listening to Christian books. In fact, I love just listening to the Bible as I drive around town or if you're out snowblowing your driveway or mowing your lawn, you can put on your headphones and you can listen to the voice of the shepherd so that you can follow him because when you follow Christ, you will experience your fullest life. Well, how do you listen to his voice? We've given you a few ways Secondly, if you want to choose Christ as your leader, it means this, I will believe he has my best in mind, even if it doesn't feel like it. I'll believe he has my best in mind, even if it doesn't feel like it. Now, if you think back over your life, if you've ever had a good coach or a good mentor or a good boss or a good parent, a good trainer or a good friend, there's times when they challenge you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. A good teacher will challenge you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. There's actually, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, um, an enemy multiplies kisses. In other words, if, if everyone in your life just tells you what you want to hear all the time, you probably don't have any really deep friends. But the same verse says, but wounds from a friend can be trusted. In other words, when someone really loves you, they're not going to just cut you down with their words all the time. But when they see something in your life that is holding you back, when they see something in your life that is making you a smaller, worse version of yourself, they're going to love you enough to speak the truth in love and say, hey, this little thing in your life is starting to really shape who you are. And, and you don't treat people the way you used to treat people. Or you seem to have lost your joy. And a friend will come to you and tell you those hard things. And here's the thing. Jesus, as a good leader and as a good shepherd, is such a friend. And so if I want to follow him, it means... I'm going to believe he has my best in mind. And there will be days when I, that really, I feel like that. Yeah, Jesus really has my best in mind. I can see it all working out. There will be other days where you're walking by faith because you don't see it all working out and you just choose, okay, I'm going to keep following Jesus, trusting that he knows what's best for me. Jesus talks about this in verse 10. We looked at the second half, but let's look at the whole verse now. There's a great contrast here. Jesus says there's a thief, Satan or the devil, your spiritual adversary. He comes into your life to steal and kill and destroy. Whether you believe in Satan or not, he's real. And he exists to destroy your relationships, to destroy your physical health, to steal and kill where there is life or joy or peace. He comes in, he's a destroyer. He's like a wrecking ball, okay? 
But Jesus says, I've come for the very opposite. I've come to restore, to rebuild, to give life and life to the fullest. Now, this lines up with the way Jesus taught all throughout the Gospels. Jesus really simplifies life. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, there's all these different religions. There's all these different beliefs. There's all these different opinions and voices. Jesus says, reality is very simple. There's just two ways. There's the way of following God, which leads to life. And there's every other way which leads to death. And Jesus describes this over and over. Sometimes he talks about it like two roads. He says there's a a narrow path that leads to life, the path of following Jesus. It's, It's narrow, it's windy, it's not always comfortable, but it opens up and leads to life. And then Jesus says there's a wide way that leads to destruction. There's a brand new asphalt paved six lane highway that's just comfortable and easy and most our neighbors are going down it and it looks really good at the beginning, but it actually leads to death. Jesus says there's only two ways in life. So the most important choice you can make is I'm gonna follow Christ to my fullest life. You need someone who knows you better than you know yourself, someone who loves you enough to correct you. Funny example of this, the other day, I forget what I'd been doing. I'd been working at something. I got home, I was kind of tired and it was time for the handoff with the kids. If you've got little kids, you might know how this goes. My wife had had the kids all day and I got home and she's like, see you later. And she totally deserved it, okay? So she heads out, I've got the kids and I uh, feed them a little. I put on a movie for them. They seem like they're happy and I'm kind of exhausted. So I decide, okay, I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna relax. Uh, We were just moving in. I just got a little TV set up in our room. I thought I'm gonna like, watch an episode of one of my favorite TV shows. I haven't done that in like a month. So sit down in a rocker, watch a TV show. Kids seem really quiet the whole time, (laughs) which seemed good. (laughs) I get downstairs and the first thing I notice when I get to the bottom of the stairs is there's this empty bag that had been full of Kit Kats. And I start to follow this just trail of Kit Kat wrappers, empty Kit Kat wrappers. And then I start to see Hershey's Kisses wrappers, Ghirardelli chocolate wrappers. (laughs) I get to my three kids and they're all happy because they've literally just gorged themselves on these three entire bags. And I realize, oh man, we're still moving in. We got to put this stuff up higher where where they can't just... (laughs) grab it all. And it was one of those moments where you realize as a parent, you know what? If these kids didn't have someone looking out for them, they would literally just eat all the candy they could and they would stay up as late as they could. And that might work for one day. (laughs) But as we all know, the next day, they're going to be totally grumpy wrecks and they're all going to start to get sick and they're all going to start hitting each other and and it's going to go downhill really fast, right? The reality is kids need someone who knows them better than they know themselves. A child needs someone who loves them enough to redirect them, enough to actually do what's best for them. And when you follow Christ as your good shepherd, you get the same kind of leader. You've got someone who's looking out for you, who knows you better than you know yourself, who wants the best for you, who will redirect you to what is actually healthy so that you can live the most fulfilling and rewarding life possible and so that you can have eternal life as you follow him. Well, there's a third way uh, that our lives change when we follow Christ as our leader, and it's this, I will look to him as the one who can fulfill me, defend me, and save me. 
I will look to him as the one who can fulfill me, defend me, and save me. You know, every day, whether we realize it or not, what we're really searching for is fulfillment. What we're really searching for is to be safe. Jesus says this in John 10, verse 11. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's really the point of this story where Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd is not only that he fights away the predators that would come after us in life, but that he's a leader who lays down his life for us. And of course, at the cross was the ultimate time he laid down his life for us. You see, if you try to just patch one little area of your life, and again, that's a noble thing, you might find a leader who says, okay, here's how you quit smoking, or here's how you lose 20 pounds, or here's how you do this, or how you do that. What's incredible about Jesus is not only that he's the leader at the most foundational part of our hearts to to foundationally repair us, but he doesn't just say, here's what you do. He modeled it for us, and then most importantly, he actually sacrificed himself to give us the power to walk in a new life. He laid down his life so that we could experience a new life. Now, the other day, I was uh, disciplining one of our kids, and um, we actually had this really meaningful conversation. The the child said, uh, Dad, why do you have to discipline us? It really, really hurts. You know, because good discipline inflicts a little pain, whether it's taking away their favorite device, grounding them, whatever you got to do to inflict a little bit of temporary pain to make them realize that that bad choice has consequences, right? And uh, this child says, why do you have to discipline me? I feel like you're not a very loving dad. And um, so I kind of prayed for wisdom and I kind of zoomed out and said, you know, I don't know if you believe this or not, or if you remember this, but there used to be a time whenever we would take you to church or if we took you to the YMCA to work out, anytime we took you into a group with other kids, you used to bite the other kids. Did you know that? No, I didn't bite them. Oh, yeah, you did. You were like a chronic biter. (laughs) It was embarrassing. (laughs) But you know what? We we would cause just just enough pain every time you would bite to, to stop that habit. And we did the same with hitting. And, and here's the thing. When it comes to losing your temper or lying or stealing, every one of these little sins is like a weed in the garden of your heart. And if we pull that weed early on, it, it's going to hurt a little, but it's worth it. Because if we don't pull it early on, the weed will spread. and It'll overtake the garden of your heart. And eventually, it'll choke out the other things. And in fact, there's a a lot of people, a a lot of us, that we didn't get that as kids in some area of our lives, whether it's losing our temper or lying or who knows what, okay? And so there's this little thing has grown and grown and grown, and we can no longer say no to it. And I was explaining to my child that that's why we have to discipline you, because we got to uproot that little weed right now. But really, you've got your own free will, And you're going to choose for yourself if you want that weed to grow in your heart or not. I'm just, what my job is while you're little is to let you know that weed is always going to hurt you. But here's the beauty. And and parents, this is a reminder for us that every time you discipline, it is a discipleship opportunity. Because Jesus does not call us in our lives or in the lives of our kids to behavior modification. Our goal is not to just make people act good. What Jesus is about is heart transformation. And every time you have a discipline scenario in your own life 
or someone else's, it's a discipleship opportunity to remind yourself that it's all about the heart and that Jesus is the one who can change our heart. And Jesus is the one, those of us who are grown-ups, and we've still got the pattern of lying or lusting or stealing or losing our temper. Every time we make a little mistake, it's not a failure. It's an opportunity to go back to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, thank you that you're a shepherd who leads me away from what would hurt me. And thank you that you don't just show me the way that leads to life, but you laid down your life at the cross. You took the consequences for my mistakes so that now I can make the right choices. There's actually a verse in the book of Peter. It says, where you used to be unable to say no to deadly lusts, things that lead to death. Now you have, now you have the power to say no to those things. Now you have the power to say yes to what's right. Why? Because you're following the good shepherd, because you've trusted in the good shepherd. And so even with our little ones, especially with our little ones, every discipline opportunity is this reminder, it's about your heart. And when you're tempted to lose your temper or you're tempted to be disrespectful or you're tempted to lie, it's a chance to call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, in my own strength, I can't do the right thing, but will you help me do the right thing? And that's what following Christ looks like. And you'll find if you will do that in your life, you'll find that he will help you do the right thing. It doesn't mean you'll never make a mistake again. But when you do make a mistake, you just go right back to him. He's a loving, loving leader who says, yeah, I know. And he picks you up and he dusts you off. He says, you're better than this. I've got a new life for you. You follow Christ to your greatest life. He's a good shepherd who laid down his life for you. Well, fourth, what does it look like to follow Christ? It means that we will live secure in his strength. We will live secure in his strength. Now, we joked earlier about the reality that there are no wild herds of sheep because sheep don't have the strength to defend themselves. Sheep don't have the strength to provide for themselves, but there are, you know, thousands of herds of sheep with shepherds. And, you know, this really takes the pressure off of 2018. Did you know that 98% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions, 98% of them will fail, will just completely abandon them? Only 8% succeed at their New Year's resolutions. 80%, so that's four out of five people, will have given up on their New Year's resolution by February, 30 days in. Okay, here's what's beautiful about following Christ. He's the muscle. He's the strength. Where there needs to be improvement in your marriage, where there needs to be improvement in your habits, where there needs to be improvement in your emotions, where there needs to be improvement in your relationships, or even in how you're taking care of yourself physically, he can give you the strength where you don't have the strength. And this is what makes following Christ so different from any other resolution and also from any other religion. All the other religions say, you know, God's up here, you're down here, so keep jumping and giving more money and doing more things to try to earn your way up to God. And the message of Jesus is, he says, I'm the one true God and I love you so much that I came down to you. And if you'll simply acknowledge that you need me, and if you'll simply commit to follow me, I'll, I'll take you up to a holy life. I'll take you up to a life of freedom. All you gotta do is follow the one who's stronger than you. You follow Christ to 
your freest, fullest life. Jesus puts it this way at the end of this chapter, John chapter 10. He says, I give them eternal life. That's what happens when you place your faith in Christ. Many of you did that on Christmas Eve. You called out to God and you said, I I need your forgiveness for my sins. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And then Jesus says this, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. I love that little three-word phrase, greater than all. Do you know that God is greater than your shame? Do you know that God is greater than your mistakes? Do you know that God is greater than your failings? Do you know that where other people have harmed you or abused you, that God is greater than that? God's greater than any negative force in your life. And when you place your faith in Christ, you're connected to him. And it says, no one can snatch them out of my father's hand Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Well, very simply, how do you get the best version of yourself in this next year? Here's how. Resolve this. 2018 will be the year that I follow Christ. 2018 will be the year that I follow Christ. And again, this is not about perfection. It's about consistency. It's about faithfulness. It's about saying, okay, you know, I I missed a week or two of church, but I'm going to get back at it. Or I missed a week or two of small group, but I'm going to get back at it. Oh my goodness, I was reading my Bible. I can't believe how many days went by. I forgot to. I'm going to get back at it. Why? Not because I'm trying to earn God's favor, but because I want to listen to the voice of the shepherd. I want to follow Christ to my fullest life. You'll get the most out of your year when you commit that. And as a church, we're starting a new season And we as a church will find spiritual success. We'll find God's purposes for us as a church when we determine we will follow Christ. When we determine, and you'll hear me say this a lot, that Christ is the true head of this church. Pastors will come and go, but Christ is our leader. And in every new season as a church, in every season as a church, we determine He's the shepherd we're going to follow. We will follow Christ as a church. We will follow Christ as individuals to our greatest life. Well, I'll close by just telling you a really short story. When my oldest, Jack, was two years old, we lived up in the mountains of Arizona. It was ranch land. And uh, we pastored a little church up there. And I would take these long walks with Jack out, you know, through kind of prairie areas and Jack, especially as he was learning to walk, he loved these, these walks. He would start to run, and he'd run ahead. He'd chase little bunny rabbits. He just had a blast. But inevitably, about halfway through the walk, he would just get exhausted. And after having all the fun, he would finally look up at me, and he'd just go, I can't. <laughs> and here's the thing. You know, it's a new year, and... and For some of us, there's excitement about that and there's goals and we're going to start off running and chasing bunny rabbits and stuff. And we're going to get to points in the year. For some of you, it might be today, tomorrow. For others, you might be June or July where all of a sudden it's just like, man, my intentions were good, but I can't do this. Okay, and here's the beautiful thing about your good shepherd. When that happens, you just look up at him and you just go, I can't. And you know what? He's He's not someone who says, well, you're weak. He's not someone who abandons you. You know what I would do whenever Jack would do that? You know what I'd do? I'd I'd put my arms under his armpits, lift him up over my head, put his little legs on my shoulders, and I would carry him home. 
In the same way, you have a shepherd who's looking out for you, who wants to lead you, who wants you to be the very best version of yourself. And all he's looking for you to do is say, I'm just going to commit in this new year. I'll walk with you, shepherd. I'll follow you. And when you can't, you just look up at him and he'll pick you up. Can I pray that for you now? Father, we are so thankful for a shepherd who not only leads us to life, but who also laid down his life for us. Lord, as we start a new season as a church, we just declare to you together, you are our leader. We want you to be our leader always. And Lord, in each of our lives, for our, for our spouses, for our children, for ourselves, we just acknowledge that the fullest life is found in you alone. And so, Lord, we want to look to you. In fact, what we're doing today is we're choosing to look to you. We're choosing to follow you in this new year. And Lord, you know we're going to stumble. You know we're going to fall. You know that we're not even strong enough to do that. But I thank you that you'll pick us up when we do. And all you need from us is a willing heart. All you need from us is a heart that says, Jesus, I want to follow you in this new year. So Lord, I pray across this room that we will each make that decision. And, and Lord, in just a moment as the communion elements are distributed and we reflect on what you did on the cross for us, we just want to, in our hearts, solidify, Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. And Jesus, we commit to follow you into the fullest life possible. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.